0: Welcome to Influencer Business, where influencers get help with the hard stuff. We're a team of influencers and entrepreneurs dedicated to bringing professional resources and infrastructure to our community. I'm Rich Gudelare, CEO of Trove. I'm an entrepreneur focused on helping influencers run and grow their businesses with the resources and information they need. Our weekly podcast features guests from across the professional landscape, sharing their experiences and advice, and answering questions from the Trove community, which you can submit on our website at www.trofbusiness.com. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari. Very excited to have you with us here today. We are on our second installment of the masterclass on working with brands. Basically, we've sat down with five experts and they're giving us their insights on what it means to work with brands, what they're looking for, how to work with more brands, the good things they've seen, the bad things they've seen. And these five experts all sit in between the influencers and the brands themselves. They work at agencies, they're independent consultants, and they're the people who are actually running the campaigns and the programs for these brands. So they've seen it all, and they've seen it from a really interesting vantage point. Um, Our five contributors are uh, all amazing people. We've got Sydney Fazan from La Force, Angie Niles, who's an independent consultant, Alex Hoynatska from ShopStyle, Carly Hill, who's both an influencer and works at Allison Broad Marketing and Communications, and of course, Lauren McGrath, who's at Activate. Now, if you missed our first episode, you definitely want to go back and listen to it. Also, we have amazing articles from all of these conversations on our website at trovebusiness.com. That first conversation we had, the first installment, we covered three main questions. One, what are brands looking for when they're engaging with influencers? Two, what makes an influencer stand out? And somebody that comes to top of mind for both brands and for these agencies and consultants who are running these influencer programs. And then three, do the numbers matter? Engagement rates, conversion, what what numbers matter? Do numbers matter? We get into all of that in the first installment. So make sure you go back and listen to that. In this installment of the masterclass, we're going to be talking about two things. One, what trends are the agencies and consultants seeing amongst the brands? what are the brands asking for? What are they seeing generally in the space? And then two, what's happening with budgets? Are they going up? Are they going down? As an influencer, these are things that you have to keep on top of. This is a fast moving industry. Things change all the time. And so it's really important to be on top of this stuff. So without any further ado, let's get right to it. The first question was very simply, what trends are you seeing in the industry right now? And first up, we'll hear from Alex from ShopStyle.
1: There are a few things happening um, that we've noticed. So there's the whole, I mean, in the space right now, especially in fashion, there's this whole shift. Um, I mean, there's so much happening. Barney's going bankrupt, stores closing, a lot of um, D2C brands um, really taking over. And a lot of them are, we're seeing that they're providing equity to influencers in exchange for brand ambassadorship. Um, So, you know, they're, they're providing a stake in the company in exchange for at least, you know, a few links and a post per month. And the influencer has to really be I'm, I'm hoping that they're, they're passionate about the brand in, in order to accept that. So that's one way. I think a lot of brands are working with influencers. Um, a lot of what we're seeing on Rn2 is, is the shift to micro and that's been happening for a while, but they'll do, you know, a tiered approach now, whereas before we saw brands coming to us asking for just like three of the top bloggers. We want, you know, million you know, millions of followers and now we're seeing a trend where they're they want one um big name and then, you know, twenty, you know, micro influencers to supplement. And they're taking a more tiered approach to the strategy as well. And a lot of that has come from our guidance too, because we're we have the affiliate piece. So um a big multi-brand retailer, um, during the holiday season last year did a campaign with us where they activated one of our top influencers to do a YouTube video and Instagram videos and on a gift guide as a gift guide. So they paid flat fee for that influencer, but then they raised their CPA rate in the network to see if that would incentivize posts as well. Um, so they spent, you know, most of their money on one big influencer and then the rest on, um, organic affiliate. And it worked well for them.
0: Next, we'll hear from Sydney from LaForce.
2: I think part of of social media in general, there'll always be a little bit of that instant gratification piece. So I think that a lot of brands at one point or another are excited about live coverage and, you know, kind of... being on the intermediary to that, like you know, kind of going back and forth between brand and talent, you know, you do have to be very clear about the expectations there because you know the latergram is a thing, even though if it's not really a hashtag anymore. Um, but I think um, you know, kind of from a content perspective, it is it is video, you know, and I think every brand is trying to figure out like what video means for them. Because it also, it can do so much. You know, you think especially of like the the new to market brands or the brands that have kind of like come up in the age of social media and they all have such a story to tell, right? So what, how can they get their brand message across um, in the most compelling way? And a lot of times that is with video and the way to do that is by partnering with like really incredible brand right partners um namely in the influencer space to help tell that story and you know i just talked about new brands but i also you know i have a lot of heritage brands you know brands founded in the 1700s who, who are trying to do the same thing it's like we have this incredible you know story how how do we communicate that and keep relevant and timely and there's only so much that uh that a photo or a still asset can do for you so i i definitely think video is kind of
3: like the shell everyone's cracking
0: Next up it's Lauren McGrath from Activate.
3: For a lot of brands, it's it's more of an emphasis on like candid, like grittier, like more true to life content. And I think part of that is is due to um, is due to this emphasis on ephemeral content and stories, which naturally um, you know, naturally presents itself as an opportunity to show the behind the scenes and, and sort of like paint a more um, real life portrait of, of something. But I would say, for you know, for amplification purposes, uh, you know, some brands still want a little bit more of that, like, um, more aspirational editorial content. Um it also with, honestly depends on the audience. You know, we know that Gen Z audiences don't want that stage content. They want something that feels grittier and more true to life, whereas millennial audiences, you know, are are, you know, much more um conditioned to be receptive of, you know, the the glossier sort of um sort of imagery. I think end of the day, like the creative Sometimes goes out the window if a brand finds something or someone that drives sales. I personally find that the candid content converts better. Um, But again, that could be because a lot of that conversion does come from stories and ephemeral content, which is inevitably going to be more candid and and sort of behind-the-scenes style, if that makes sense.
0: Next, we'll hear from Carly Hill from ABMC.
3: When I
4: first joined the influencer team, it was just two of us. We didn't know what we were doing. That was about five, four years ago. Um, and to see it shift now, it was very one off. Like I would pay someone for one Instagram post or a blog post. And now it's really developed into these long term programs. Um, no, you know, it may be short, it may only be a few weeks still, but it's not just one Instagram post. It's a set of stories, it's a static post, it may be a blog post. Um, so I would say the biggest trend is kind of learning how to spread the program out as much as possible to really be. Organic and authentic, and have more moments to talk about the product or the client, whatever it may be, in different ways. Um, that's definitely been kind of the biggest trend that we're educating all our clients about. If, like, people want to hear about it multiple times. They need that, you know, to see it a few times. They're not going to buy off one Instagram post. They need you to be talking about it in a more personal way, like how Instagram stories is, and then see it maybe in a beautiful image too, and how it can be represented in both ways. So um, the longer term programs
0: are
5: definitely a big trend right now.
0: Finally, this is Angie Niles.
5: There's just definitely certain brands that probably have a general idea of what they want and other brands that don't know and they want to get the advice of the person who's leading the campaigns. I think it's important to have a mix, to have like, let's say I have a campaign and I have a budget for six bloggers. One or two of them are definitely going to be bloggers who share beautiful, gorgeous editorial content that fits within the brand aesthetic. There's going to be a couple of people who are like just those real life girls who have quality content, but still like are more just like talking into their Insta
0: stories. The next question I posed to our contributors was, what's going on with budgets? Are brands' budgets going up? Are they going down? Are they staying stagnant? Are they coming from different parts of the organization? this is a really important trend to understand as an influencer because it affects a lot of different things. You know, the PR organization is going to have very different goals than the marketing organization, which is going to have very different goals than the performance advertising part of the organization. So I wanted to dig in and get the insights from the people who are working with brands on a day-to-day basis. So with that, let's start with Alex from ShopStyle.
1: Yeah, this is a big one. Um, we're seeing a lot more come from agencies and PR, which is great because their budgets are a lot bigger. Um, so this is a good trend um, for for influencers. And I think my advice here is, if you're looking to target these budgets, um, you know, follower count and engagement is is really important, and making sure your audience is legitimate and your audience represents. You know who there's a concrete audience there. Um, so if you know if you're targeting moms, that's what the the brand is seeing on the back end, or, or we're seeing on the back end and reporting back to the brand. So I think that that's really great in terms of um, budgets and overall. Generally speaking, the influencer marketing budgets are increasing across the board. The majority of the retailers that we um, that we talked to, we ran a survey um of you know our um retailer partners um we ran this a few months ago and 94% of the brands that we were um that we have on our platform are currently using influencers to market um to their to market their business and then 41% of that of them are increasing their influencer marketing budget or 47 are keeping it the same so i think across the board it's either staying the same or increasing and you know, a lot of these brands are looking for brand awareness. So again, making sure you have um, a good sizable audience, but more so in terms of, you know, tying back to the strategies. It doesn't have to be a big audience as long as they're, they're engaged. And then new customers, and sales. So, you know, working on your conversion. And I think, you know, what ShopStyle does really well is, you know, we're the only network that provides influencers with the insights into what's driving conversion. So you can see which products are doing well, and which products are resonating with your audience, which categories are doing well, which price points. So our influencers have all that data at their disposal so that they can make smarter decisions about which content to, to promote. And I think, you know, I think this helps as well because hopefully it will give you enough insight to improve on your conversion, and that's always, um, you know, that's always something that stands
3: out when we are doing our casting.
0: Next, we'll hear from Lauren at Activate.
3: I would say I do see budgets increasing overall, but I think the cadence of activations is changing. Um, So overall, I think a brand might be spending more over the course of the year, um, but that budget is probably getting split across more activations than it was two years ago. Um, Fewer brands are activating influencers only two to three times a year. Um, We're seeing a lot more of like the quote unquote always on um, activity with with creators. Um, And I do think that that's part of the reason why micro influencers are are so attractive to brands. They can create really strong content for a fraction of the price of a macro influencer influencer and then they can be activated several you know times across key temples um, so I do think that um, I do think that though you know budgets are are increasing um, you know they they are trying to support a lot of initiatives with with influencers so in some instances we do see those budgets getting a little splintered
0: next Sydney from La force
2: grow 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 um, <laughs> In a way that's, you know, it's interesting, LaForce, here, here's what's great about um, my agency is just that we've been able to really just evolve, you know, with the times, with the services, um, you know, what our, what our clients need, what they want. Um, so we were never so pegged to just be like traditional community managers, which is, I think, what we were doing eight years ago. But, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting briefs um, that are coming across my desk for the first time where it's like, I mean, sometimes their PR budget is 75% reallocated to influencer Programming Which is pretty incredible, because this is something that I wasn't even seeing like last year, you know, to be totally honest, so it is kind of um, there's this sort of tectonic shift toward really favoring influencer marketing as as a tactic um,
5: you know which is, is exciting to see
0: Next up is Angie Niles.
5: I definitely see them increasing, which is great. I see brands pulling their traditional PR budget away and putting it more into influencer. Um, I see a a lot of brands who are starting out before they even hire like an outside PR agency. They want someone that's doing influencer first because it's a little bit more immediate, even though a lot of traditional PR is online now. So you can, you don't, it doesn't take three months to get your launch story out in a magazine. You know, you can get it immediate, but still, I think a lot of brands are putting more of their budget into influencers over traditional PR. It but both is important, but if you but if you can't invo- if you can't afford both, I
0: think influencer
5: is generally the way to get started.
0: And finally, Carly Hill from ABMC.
4: It's crazy. The shift is almost every one of our clients works with influencer in some capacity. It may be a mailing, a trade program, a huge yearly paid program, whatever it may be. There's money is being spent on influencer in some capacity. And we I would say like two years ago not I mean, half of our agency was working with influencers in some way. So to see almost everyone spending the money is a really great thing to see. Um, again, it depends on the client, but a lot of them are spent putting the money to have these long-term ambassador programs, like I said, so that their products are being talked about constantly and we're working with different influencers um, throughout the year or a few select influencers so that we have these longer-term programs.
0: So those are the two main questions that we wanted to talk about today. Before I let you go, I wanted to dig in on just a couple of different things. First of all, great news. Budgets are growing. They're coming from different parts of the organization now, and it seems like nearly every single company is working with influencers. That means there's a ton of opportunity. And also in terms of trends, there's a lot of opportunity for innovation. You, you heard a lot of our contributors talk about video. You heard talk them talk about grittier content. But really there's room for everybody. So budgets are growing Brands are looking to influencers to help them figure out how to tell their brand stories. So what that means is that there's a huge opportunity here for people who are creative, who are good storytellers, who are looking to build their own brands. There's a lot of work out there. And what I would do is refer you back to the first episode, the first installment in this masterclass to highlight a couple of things that you can do in order to land more of that business. Be professional, be a pleasure to work with, deliver on time. And don't be afraid to say no to business because again, as nearly every single one of these contributors have said, that highlights to them that you really understand your brand and you're not afraid to say no. You know what you're about and actually could lead to more business down the road. So that'll do it for this second installment of our masterclass on how to work with brands. Make sure you tune in to the next one, uh, our third installment, which will be all about specific examples of what our contributors are seeing in the industry. We're going to talk about the good, we're gonna talk about the bad and we're gonna talk about the really ugly. It's an it's a really interesting episode, so make sure you tune in. And as always, if you want to check out more materials on this topic, head over to trovebusiness.com where we have full write-ups and all of our conversations with uh, these contributors and a whole lot more. Everything you could ever need to run your business more effectively, you'll find on trovebusiness.com. A big thank you again to our contributors and also a big shout out to Pete Krimi, who always makes us sound better over the airwaves than we do in person. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Scudelari, and we'll see you next time.